Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. The Green Bay Packers are coming down the home stretch. The Packers have seven regular season games remaining, with perhaps their biggest test coming this Sunday when they travel to Indy to play the Colts. Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another Packers podcast. Hello, Rob. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, my technologically challenged friend? <laughs> <laughs> Put it this way, you weren't the first person to say that. <laughs> hey, I'm right with you, Gary. The, the older we get and, and the crazier these devices and inventions become, the more and more I feel feel left behind. I used to laugh at my, my parents when their VCR was always flashing 12 and they never changed it to get the time fixed. And I'm, I'm, I'm quickly becoming that way too, Gary. Well, I'll tell you what, the uh, Packers have not too many tough games coming down the stretch, but uh, as I noted at in the introductory comment, they do play the Colts and the, and the Colts are pretty darn good. Uh, they made some, I thought really outstanding off season moves bringing in DeForest Buckner and uh, Xavier Rhodes from Minnesota, two quality veterans. And it seems like uh, the Colts are on their way as well. Totally agree, Gary, that this is going to be a Tampa Bay-like defense that the Packers will face on Sunday. I'm going to throw some numbers and stats by you, Gary, and and, and it's probably going to kind of blow your mind and the listener's mind. Here's where Indy ranks in all the main categories, Gary. Total defense, number one. Pass defense, number two. Rush defense, number three. Points allowed per game, number four. Opponent quarterback passer rating, number one. Interceptions, number two. I mean, they're one, two, three, and four, Gary. Every key statistical defensive category I can throw at you. Sacks, they're down a little bit. They're 10th or 12th. But I'm telling you, this is a Tampa Bay level type of defense. and, And this is why it's a huge test, Gary, for for Green Bay. When they've run into these defenses the last couple of years, it hasn't gone well. San Francisco twice last year, Tampa Bay this year. Now, Green Bay gave a really good performance offensively uh, in week three when they beat the Saints, uh, 37-30 there. New Orleans right now is currently number four in total defense, and they've certainly played terrific on that side of the ball since the Packer game. That would be the one instance Gary, where, where the Packers have lined up against a high-level type of defense and, and more than held their own. But if you look at some of the teams they've beaten this year, Gary Jacksonville, 31st in, in total defense. Um, Detroit, Minnesota. I'm trying to think who else is, is, is kind of in, in that mix. Atlanta, I think, Gary, is 31st. All the Houston's 30th. These other teams, Gary, are are bottom five or seven in defense and and the Packers have gotten fat against some of those some of those teams and and their offensive numbers look really good what they have to go and do is is go on the road and beat a team like the Colts and find a way to score 30 points against this type of defense I think for a lot of people to become total believers Gary I, I think that that's the kind of the final hurdle the NFC is wide open right now Green Bay would currently be the number one seed which is which is absolutely remarkable when when you consider how much time we spend on these podcasts, picking apart what's wrong with the Packers, right? They're, they're at seven and two tied with the saints for the best record. And, and because they won the head to head, they're the number one seed. 
But this is kind of the final hurdle, Gary, to me, for people to become full-fledged believers in this football team is go on the road and, and play high-level offense against one of the two or three best defenses without question in football. Are you convinced if uh, they win Sunday, they have the uh, NFC North locked up? Uh, I firmly believe that. Uh, you know, they got, they got a gap on, obviously, everybody else in the division. And I think if they can, you know, seal this victory, um, you know, they're in pretty darn good shape. Gary, I think it would be really hard for them at this point to lose the NFC North. I, doesn't everybody else have five losses? They have two. And, you know, so we're talking about a five and five Bears team, which is collapsing. Uh, we're talking about a Lions team. I think that's four and five and a Viking team that I know is red hot and, but, but they're still four and five based on that start. But I, I think Minnesota's next three games are actually against Dallas, Carolina and Jacksonville. So Minnesota could be sitting at seven and five real quick, but, but I, I am with you. If, if they win, I think the division's over I, Gary, even if they lose the game and, and, and fall to seven and three, I, you look at their last six games, four at home. The road games are against Detroit and Chicago, which don't certainly don't look like playoff teams. I mean, I, Gary, I, I think at worst, this is probably going to wind up being a 12 and four, 11 and five kind of football team. Um, and, and so I, I definitely think they, they win the division. Their goals are obviously much higher. They see where they sit, Gary. They're, they're in perfect position right now to, to claim the number one seed in the NFC, which is huge. The, the, the league went to seven playoff teams in each conference this year, which means only the number one seed gets a bye. If Green Bay is one and the Saints are two and the Saints have to play that extra playoff game or Seattle's two or Tampa Bay or whoever, that's a huge advantage in Packerland uh, to avoid that first game while these other six teams in the conference are beating the nonsense out of each other on, on week one. So that's clearly what they, I think they have circled Gary, that that's where they want to go. And, and, and it, I think it's extremely realistic. It lines up well for them. Does that mean they win, win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl? I would still bet no, but I think they've got a great chance to be the number one seed in the conference. Yeah. I I'm actually pretty pumped up about this game for a number of reasons. I mean, like you have pointed out, it, it's an important game for the Packers, but uh, Philip Rivers, you know, is in his first season with the Colts and he's pretty much the same Philip Rivers I've uh, known to love and hate over the years. I mean, he's got what 11, 11 touchdown passes, Rob, seven interceptions. <laughs> that, that's not exactly a hall of fame ratio. And uh, two other players I'm kind of really uh, intrigued by, of course, one is Jonathan Taylor, the uh, former Badger running back, who's had a pretty solid rookie year so far. And uh, the other guy is Quentin Nelson, who I swear, it's the only time I really, really like watching an offensive lineman is when I see this guy play. I, I think he's as good as any offensive lineman I've seen particularly at, at the uh, guard position. I mean, the, the, the guy is a house, but yet he's got great feet. He's pretty fast and, and, and ultra, ultra strong. So again, I'm looking forward to that game. A lot of reasons to look forward to it, Gary. You, you hit on a few of their key guys. And, you know, we, we talked about the numbers on the defensive side of the, of the football. You know, if, if people want to watch and, and look at certain guys that are just standouts, that there aren't a whole lot of linebackers in the league better than Darius Leonard. He's a guy I think people are going to want to spend the day watching where he is on the football field. I think you mentioned that the Colts in the offseason traded for DeForest Buckner. 
who, who was a standout and an absolute stalwart with the 49ers the last few years. Um, the Colts gave up their first pick in the draft, which I want to say was like 13th or 14th to go and get Buckner. And, and the 49ers drafted his replacement. They drafted another nose out of South Carolina named Kinlaw, um, who's, who's going to turn out to be a good player. But the Colts got the better of it for right now, Gary. And the, the, this Buckner's a stud. Uh, three sacks, I think six TFLs, a uh, really good player. He, he's turned a good defensive line into a great defensive line. They're extremely solid in the back. I know a lot of Packer fans are going to know the name Xavier Rhodes, who came over. I thought Rhodes was done, Gary. Um, he was picked on quite a bit the last year or two in, in Minnesota. I didn't think he had a lot left, and, and he's played at an extremely high level. There have been games where he's, he's traveled with number one receivers. I don't think he'll do that with Adams come Sunday, Gary, but, uh, but, but he's that level of a corner. I mean, he's, he's having a terrific year, and, and they're, they're, they're just solid at all three levels. They're extremely fast, smart, gap-conscious. They, they don't make mistakes. Uh, Green Bay is going to have to be perfectly on point, I think, in this game to score in the high 20s or 30 points, which, which might they may need to score that many to win the game. I, I don't think Rivers has enough left. I, I think people, Gary, forget that this Colts team from top to bottom, if you eliminate, if you take the quarterback, Gary, out of the equation, mm-hmm. this might be the best roster in football. Probably the Chiefs are one, but this is probably number two. You and, really believe and, that, huh? Wow. I, I wholeheartedly believe it. The offensive oh, line is as good as any in football. It's the best defense in football. The wideouts are serviceable. They've got enough running backs. But we're, here's where I was going with that, Gary. If Andrew Luck had not made the surprising decision to retire on these guys in August of 19 and, and kind of left them at the altar holding Jacoby Brissett as, as the bride-to-be, which a guy nobody wanted to marry. <laughs> we're, we're talking about a team, I think, that's going to win two Super Bowls in the next six, seven years. Um, they're built for long-term success. They just they needed the quarterback. Luck was going to be a Hall of Famer. I think, Gary, the next five, six years would have been dominated by the Colts and the Chiefs. It would have been very similar to Manning and Brady you know, much earlier in this century. And, and we would have been talking about luck against Mahomes um, and who was going to win more Super Bowls. But again, they were left with now, I would say at best, Gary, a guy who was 20th, 18th, something like that among quarterback play in the league. Rivers just doesn't have a lot left. Um, he's okay. He's better than Brissett, but, he, but he's only okay. And you, and you don't win Super Bowls with, with quarterbacks like this. He's going to give you two, three chances a game, Gary, to catch the ball if, if you're on the defensive side. And, and, and Green Bay's got to take advantage when those balls are thrown to him because he's going to give them opportunities. And if he does that on Sunday, the Packers may, may win the game because Rodgers probably won't turn it over on the other side. But, but top to bottom, Gary, this roster is excellent. The Colts should win 11 games, even with mediocre quarterback play. And, and again, if Andrew Luck was on this football team, Gary, I think they'd be 14-2. and two. Wow. Well, obviously Luck was uh, one heck of a quarterback, and it's really unfortunate, you know, that he suffered that injury. I I recall when they were going to draft him, they had the number one pick, and uh, I was told that uh, the Colts uh, sent one of their scouts or some, some member out to Stanford to spend a week just out there talking to anybody that knew Luck, okay? I mean, this guy was told to talk to professors, students, you know, the popcorn makers, whatever, right? <laughs> and and so he spends a whole week out there, 
And he comes back and they said, okay, what did, what, what did you get out of him? Any dirt, any trash? He goes, nothing, nothing. This guy is as clean as you're going to find. He said, we are extremely lucky to get him. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, he, he probably would have went down as one of the great quarterbacks of all time if he didn't have uh, that, those injuries. So a uh, big loss, but um, should be a fun game. I, I think it's an important game. I think, like you said earlier, the Packers have to come out and uh, assert themselves quickly, which they did. And I noticed in your tweet last week, you pointed out, first time they didn't score on their opening drive, huh? Yeah. And, you know, just back to the magnitude of the game, Gary, it's the green Bay. I think right now is a, is a two point underdog as, as, as we tape the, this podcast and, and I can guarantee you uh, if Rogers plays the, the following six weeks, they will be favored in, in all six of those games. It's uh, it's certainly a, 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 an extremely manageable schedule bears and Eagles at home at the lions, Panthers and Titans at home at the bears. So um, mm-hmm. Green Bay will probably be in every single one of those games. I would, I would guess between a, probably about a four and 11 point favorite, you know, they're going to be a two score favorite at home against probably Carolina and the Eagles. So it's an unbelievably manageable schedule down the stretch where if they find a way to steal this game, Gary, as, as again, it'll be the only time they're an underdog. They're going to have a chance at 13 and three, 14 and two, when, when this is all said and done. And, and that's going to get them the one seed, obviously in the NFC. Cause when you look around the conference right now, Drew Brees is looking at probably a month. Um, I think, I think there's two or three teams in the NFC West that are just excellent. Um, I think Arizona and the, and the Rams are on the rise. I still think Seattle's got some teeth to them. Uh, it, it'll be a big game on Thursday when they play Arizona. But those, the problem with those three teams is they're all going to beat the crap out of each other, Gary, exactly. over the next six, seven weeks. And they're going to all end up with four, five, six losses, which is a huge boom then to the Packers. Um, Tampa Bay still lurks. I think they're extremely dangerous. But, um, you know, that the shellacking they took at the hands of of the saints a couple of weeks back, I think is, is tough for people to, to get out of their minds. And, and, and I'm on record as saying this Antonio Brown makes teams worse, not better. I would have never touched that guy. And, and I still think at the end of the day, that could lead to a lot of chemistry issues and it could ruin Tampa Bay. So again, I, I think everything lines up really well for, for green Bay, not only to be the number one seed, but to make a run here in the postseason. And, and that's why, you know, that's why this marquee game on, on Sunday evening is uh, is going to be so fun for people out there because we're, we're going to learn maybe a lot more just where these Packers are headed, Gary. Well, I got to get your uh, comments on Mr. Delson, though. Uh, I'm kind of obsessed with this guy because I think <laughs> he's so good. I mean, you talk about guys at, at, at certain positions, and I guarantee you, I mean, I'm not telling you anything new, but the Packers have had all sorts of problems, you know, run, stopping the run. I'm thinking like, okay, they're going to play that three-man base and Nelson is going to kill, I, I'm not saying it's going to destroy Clark, but, you know, when they double-team Clark, it's going to be, you know, running back on linebacker and those linebackers are going to have to step up big. But um, I would imagine that, you know, Indy's going to have just a steady dose of running plays, particularly behind Nelson. And, and, and why not? They lost Marlon Mack early in the year, who I think was their best running back, Gary, but they still have, you know, they still have a little bit of a stable there with Taylor and Hines and this mm-hmm. kid, Jordan Wilkins, they'll play. Um, Taylor fell in the doghouse a couple weeks back with, 
when it when he fumbled the ball, which people from you know <laughs> University of Wisconsin fans certainly know that was always a problem in Madison. There weren't many problems with Jonathan Taylor. He's an all-time Badger, but if there was one, that that's what you'd circle. He put the ball on the ground too much, and I I know he did it a couple weeks ago, and he he got he found himself in Frank Reich's doghouse, which which isn't where you want to be. The 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 Heinz kid's about five nine, Gary. He's little. Um, he's probably not a three down back Taylor fits that role more, but they've been playing that Naheem Hines a little bit more and a little bit more. It might be one of these teams, Gary though, too, that the line is so good. I mean, th- this is yeah. the best offensive line in football and, and you're spot on Quentin Nelson's headed for a, for a hall of fame career. I think he's only, I think he's only in his third year, right? Didn't he come out of Notre Dame in 18? Yeah. I was gonna in that, say in that particular draft. I mean, clearly, yeah. I mean, it, you don't find guards, Gary, that go in the top 10 of drafts. Precisely. Precisely. You are a rare bird if, if, if an NFL team wants to take you as a guard in, in the top 10 of a draft. But, but that's how good Nelson is. And, and, and I think, you know, pro football focus has had him rated as, you know, the best or second best guard uh, in the league each of his first couple seasons. You know, the rest of that line is extremely solid too, Gary. That, that, hey, we've talked about it a lot that's the path to beating this football team, right? Mm-hmm. Run the ball no 30 question. times for, for two Oh five average six yards, five, six yards to carry, keep the ball away from Rogers. Keep, you know, hopefully your offense, if, if you're the Colts has the ball 36, 38 minutes and um, you know, you run all day with, with Taylor and Hines and, and, and probably a little bit of Wilkins. And, and I would certainly expect that, that that's what they would go ahead and do. You saw an undrafted free agent last week from Jacksonville hit these guys pretty hard in the, in the ground game. I think he averaged six yards a carry in mm-hmm. the first half. It might've even been seven, Gary, the, the Jaguars ran all over the Packers in the first half, um, not Dalvin cook type type of, of running, but, but, but they controlled the ball on the clock and they kept themselves in the football game and, and put a scare into the Packers. So yes, the, the, this is exactly the way to beat green Bay. A lot of Jonathan Taylor, a lot of Naheem Hines, a lot of Wilkins and then safe, you know, conservative passes. They don't have a great receiver. T.Y. Hilton's on his last legs, Gary. Uh, he, he's not the T.Y. Hilton of a couple of years ago. You know, I, I think the Pascal kid leads him in catches, and they've got a couple of tight ends that are okay. The one guy that I think is coming on and, and people should keep an eye on as a guy I loved coming out of this last draft is, is Michael Pittman, a kid from USC that yes. and I really thought Green Bay should have grabbed and uh, f- found a way to put him on their roster. He may have been a second round pick Gary. I I'd have to look, you know, but when they went ahead and took Dylan, I, I can't remember if Pittman was sitting there or not. He may have been gone by then, uh, but he, he would have been a perfect fit in green Bay. And he's one of these rookie wide receivers on the rise, Gary. And uh, he, he, he could wind up having himself a big game, but, but again, I, you know, as, as we look to strategy come Sunday, I, I don't think there's any question. The Colts are going to try to control the ball on the clock. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, just one other thing I wanted to say about Taylor. Uh, he, he had a, just a horrible, horrible game last week. I think he carried the ball seven times or like 12 yards or something like that. But earlier in the season, uh, he did have a 100-yard rushing game against Minnesota. The fact that he's coming, you know, off a subpar game and he's playing the Packers, it, it wouldn't shock me if Jonathan Taylor – had the best game of his very, very young career. I mean, that guy's going to be motivated to play. Wouldn't shock me at all, Gary. I I, I watched that game too, and he didn't get much done on the ground, but in, uh, and, and, and they went with Hines early, the first two or three series. And and when they put Taylor in though, they, 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 they flipped a pass out to him in the left flat 
and he was one-on-one with a corner and he just ran the kid over. I mean, he, he this why, a, why bother, you know, sidestepping him, right? <laughs> right. You, you could tell it was an angry Jonathan Taylor. He wasn't thrilled coming off the bench and, um, you know, playing number two, all of a sudden to Heinz. I'm with you. If, if he gets a chance come Sunday against, uh, you know, not necessarily the hometown football team, but, but the team that played two hours down the road the last few years from him when he, when he was in Madison. Um, I, I, I think it lines up as a, as a day. It could be big for Jonathan Taylor. I just think it's, it's got a chance to be a big game overall mm-hmm. for the Colts ground game. And uh, that, that, that's where green Bay needs to step up. The, Kenny Clark needs some help. You know, he, he, he need, if Montrevious Adams is healthy, he needs him to play well. They need more out of Dean Lowry. They need more crop from that bunch on a whole. Kiki's got to be much better than he's been. The, the unit overall, Gary, is, you know, it's, it's a C-minus unit when you take Kenny Clark away from And um, I, I you know, totally they, agree. They need, they need a couple of these guys to start playing, you know, at least C-plus, B-minus kind of football instead of C's and D's. Yeah, we, we, we could uh, spend a whole podcast talking about that defensive line, but um, we, we were talking about Quentin Nelson, and uh, it, it's the perfect segue to our next topic, and that's David Bakhtiari, uh, who just might be the best offensive tackle in football, right? I mean, he's got to be right up there. I think he is the best tackle in football right now, Gary, and if he sustains it another two, three years, he's probably heading to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you, you know what? I mean, the cert, uh, the Packers are certainly paying him like a Hall of Fame player, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, these are the numbers I got, and correct me if uh, they're off here, but uh, he signed a four-year, $92 million contract. Uh, I think, I forgot how much is guaranteed, like $61 million, right? Yeah, it's like $61.5, $62 million. You're exactly yeah. right, Gary. The average is $23. Um, you know, I, I think he got 30 just to – to put his name on a piece of paper last Saturday night. Not too bad, right? Oh, absolutely. This is this is the uh, $64,000 question, speaking of money. Why did the Packers do this now? I mean, was there a sense of urgency? I mean, couldn't they have waited? I, I just thought the timing was, it was kind of pe- peculiar. Because, Gary, the way they can adjust, it, it, this all comes down to salary cap, mm-hmm. uh, not, it, not just down the road, but also this year. I mean, they... They were under the salary cap, Gary, I want to say by about six, six and a half million dollars. They they can structure that contract um, to count some of that money against 2020 where they had room. They, they gave themselves a break on the 2021 salary cap. He's only going to count about 11 against next year's cap. I think the number is actually 11.1 um, that, that he'll count against the 2021 cap. And then a lot of the big numbers kick in 22, 23, 24, Gary, where in theory, Aaron Rodgers is going to be off the books and you've got some room uh, to, to wiggle there. You can, right. you, you can give some of these other guys 20 and $25 million because Rogers deal of 35 to $40 million at that point in time is uh, in theory, again, going to probably come off the books and Jordan loves making $4 million. So that's where you pick up your cap savings is 2022 and beyond. And by getting Bakhtiari done now, you, you use some of that money that you, that you still had available here where you were under the cap in 20 and you structured the 2021 part of the deal where Bakhtiari is going to cost you a lot less Gary than let's say if you had to put the franchise tag on them, mm-hmm. um, which I think was going to be 17, 18 million. I, 
I think the franchise takes the average of the top five. And right. uh, now, you know, now you're talking probably a good 18 million there for Bakhtiari. So you save yourself 7 million against next year's cap. What you, what the price you paid though, Gary, along the way is you now really have no room moving forward to do much with the remaining free agents and in, in the way next year's salary cap looks Gary this year's cap, for example, was 198 million. It's going down to 175 next year. So all these teams have to chop off $23 million in terms of what they spent this year, which has all these people scrambling because contracts obviously done a year or two ago, you know, before COVID Gary, we're all looking ahead to the 2021 season, probably thinking the cap was going to be well over $200 million because on an average year, the NFL adds about 10 to $15 million to its cap. Well, next year it's going back, you know, 23 and change. Um, now all of a sudden green Bay is going to have no room left for the remaining free agents. It doesn't look like, and Gary, they're also going to have to get rid of two, three players to get under that cap money. Um, counting Bakhtiari and the other 39 players they have under contract for next year, Gary, they're already $10 million over the cap. And that's before they Ouch. even fill out the roster. So when it's all said and done, Gary, you teams only have to count their top 51 contracts against the cap in the off season. But so green Bay still has to add 11 guys. Once they do that, though, Gary, they're, they're looking at probably being between 16 and $20 million over the cap to uh -huh. count their top 51. So now obviously what they're going to have to do is go find some money to cut and get rid of. And you know, that we've talked about this before that that's when you go and you, you circle guys like Preston Smith, who saves you 12 million, Ricky Wagner, who saves you 4 million, Adrian Amos, who saves you 7 million, Boom, boom, boom. You get rid of those three guys, Gary, you're at $23 million. And now you've got a little bit of room again under the cap. But the bottom line is Green Bay is going to look a lot different in 2021 than it does in 2020, just due to the financial ramifications that they're under. Yeah, great, great points, Rob. I mean, you, you broke that down beautifully. I, I understand Bakhtiari is 29 years old. So theoretically, you know, he's pretty close to being in his prime and he's been a first or second team all pro selection the last four years. I mean, he's an important piece to the Packers puzzle, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have give, given him that contract. I really wouldn't. Like you said, you're, you're really going to have to blow up your team. And I'm not sure if it's worth it for an offensive lineman. I, I'm kind of with you, Gary. I, you know what, a month ago, I would have said you had to sign him, And then he missed a few games with that chest injury where he had the broken ribs and Billy Turner and Elton Jenkins and even Ricky Wagner kicked out there and played some left tackle. And you know what happened? They kept winning football games, Gary. Yes, exactly. And, and, and they kept winning football games. I, it, it, it's a really tough one. Do you want to make your left tackle the highest paid player in the history of football at that position? Do you want to give him $23 million um, now it won't cost 23 against the cap next year, Gary, it'll cost 11, but in theory, I mean, $23 million and the cap is 175. We're talking about one seventh, give or take of the cap for a left tackle, Gary, you know, that that's 14% of the yeah, cap. It's huge. And that's what it's going to be moving forward down the road. I mean, it's yes. an astronomical amount of money to give a left tackle. It, it, it had to be, it had to be tough. Those had to be really tough internal discussion and i'll tell you what when when laramie tunzel signed a 22 million dollar a year exactly. deal down in houston i i think that the people 
that were probably bothered the most by that were, were Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball, who, yeah. who had to do the Bakhtiari contract, and they knew that was coming. I mean, Houston set the market. They went $6 million more on Tunzel. I mean, than that, that, that was absurd, you know? Yeah, I, it was I, absurd. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. And, you know, and, and Bakhtiari knew. He kind of had him over a barrel. And Bakhtiari wasn't going to give him a hometown discount. Um, he knew his, he knew his market value. He knew he'd get that kind of money, Gary, out on the open market. And, and you know what? I actually, Gary say good for Bakhtiari because you've been around long enough to know there's, there's no loyalty in this stuff. I mean, Bakhtiari tears his knee tomorrow. The team cuts him and he never makes another penny, right? The, the team's not still paying him $10 million moving forward a year because he was a good guy and a good player in, in 2018. That that's not how these professional sports works. There, there is he, he will get his 61 million though, right? Oh yes. No, yes. So he's, he's no. not going to be on any uh, food lines coming. No. And, 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 and that's my point is he didn't give him a hometown discount like a Yelich did with the Brewers or you see other players mm-hmm. you know, doing, doing in various sports because they like the city and, and stuff like that. He, he hardlined, you know, he took a hardline approach, Gary. And, and he said, here's my market value. If you don't give it to me, you know what? Jacksonville might give it to me. Denver might give it to me, right? Pittsburgh might give it to me. Somebody's going to give it to him. It only takes yeah. one team. And somebody was going to give him 23 or more to, to be their left tackle moving forward. He knew his worth and he, he got, I guess, Gary, what he deserved. The question is, if, if you're running a franchise and you're running a team, and you start circling positions and what, you know, what amount of money you want to devote to them. I'm with you. I'm not sure I want to give, you know, 15% of my salary cap uh, on a given year to my left tackle. And, and that's where the Packers are headed here now. Oh, exactly. So, Hey, uh, what, what I would like to do now is our weekly segment on the NFC and uh, particularly the North, which we could probably wrap up in about 10 seconds. Um, I, I'm convinced as we speak, the Packers are going to be the only team from, from the uh, North division to advance to the playoffs. I mean, the bears, the bears are in, in a world of hurt. Uh, they have lost four straight games and, and we've harped on this almost from day one. Their offense is just God awful. Uh, I, I'm not sure how many points uh, they have scored in the last four games, but it's like almost, uh, you know, high school, junior college type offense. I mean, very ineffective. So um, not, not a lot of love for the Bears at this point. Uh, the Vikings, they're coming back. They've got, what, three straight wins, as I recall. I mean, you know, they, they got a chance, but they're still four and five. And uh, they're, they're going to basically have to run the table, in my mind, to get back in the playoffs. And I, and I can't see them doing that. Uh, and, and your beloved Lions, Let's move on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, do you agree with me that uh, it, it's pretty much over for those three teams as far as making the playoffs? Gary, I think it's over for two of them. I Amazingly, I don't think it's over for Minnesota. I think Minnesota is going to end up eighth in the conference, I would, which is going to leave them out. I, I think you're going to get obviously one from the NFC least in. Um, and then that, that's probably the Eagles, the way it's looking. I, I think, you know, two from the South is probably Tampa Bay and, and the saints. Uh, we'll, we'll see how big of an impact this Drew Brees injury has, but I, I think that team is, is, is pretty loaded top to bottom that, that they'll weather that storm just fine. They, mm-hmm. they, they went five and all last year without breeze. I think they'll, you know, do something similar again this year. And you're probably right. Three from the NFC West, you know, it's, it's going to be the Cardinals, Rams and Seahawks in, 
in some order, the Packers from the yes. North. And then I, but Gary, I, I'm telling you, look out for Minnesota three in a row. You called it a month ago. You said Minnesota's going to come to green Bay, win the game kind of saved their season. They were one and five at the time. It's exactly what they've done. And I, they've, they've got things figured out. I said from week one, when the, when the Packers played the Vikings, Green Bay got them at the perfect time. They were, they were breaking in five, six, seven new guys on, on defense at, at key positions. They were beat up. They were still trying to get healthy. Um, those young guys are growing up. We, I, I said at the start, Minnesota is going to be really good by the end of the year. And they're going to be a huge threat in 2021. Um, but Gary, they're hot three straight wins. They've, they found the winning formula with cook and, and, and limiting, uh, Kirk Cousins to you say 20, 25 passes a game. He only threw 14 in that game where they came to Lambeau Field and and won that particular day. So the rookie wide receiver there is unbelievable. Jefferson, um, oh, he, he is be, really good, Rob. I, I couldn't agree with you more. He might be in the Pro Bowl, Gary. I mean, yes. he, he's that good. And 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 Zimmer's got things figured out a little bit more on that defense. So you know, the next three games for the Vikings, Gary, that they're going to be they're going to be substantial favorites where they could jump to seven and five. Then if they close three and one, you never know if they get to 10 and six that, you know, they, they, they could sneak in. I still think they'll be left out. I'm with you, Gary. I, I think the Packers are probably the only team from the North. Um, you touched on the bears, 63 points in the last four games, uh, 16 points, roughly a game. I mean, that, that is brutal. They had a 10 in there. They had a 13 the other night uh, when they lost on Monday night football to the Vikings. <laughs> That's not even a good Minnesota defense, Gary. I mean, it's an improving defense, but at the end of the day, it's still a bottom 12, bottom yeah, 10. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt know, about I, it. I think, Gary, the last – since their 5-1 and one start, I think the Bears are last in the league in uh, yards per play. Um, all, all these key offensive stats, they, they, they've bottomed out on. Now Foles will be out. I don't I don't know if Trubisky can play or not. But, yeah, the bottom line is, is they're a mess and – Man, if I if I was a if I was a guy playing defense right now for the Bears, I, I wouldn't be real happy because because again that that that's a top five defense. I know it doesn't reflect it in all the key statistical categories, Gary, but um, they're asked to be on the field 35, 37, 38 minutes a game, and and eventually those guys do break down and, and wear down. I mean, if if they had any kind of support from that offense, that's a twelve win football team. I mean, that defense is outstanding. Um, but yes, I I'm with you. They're they're sinking fast and. It, so again, good timing for Green Bay. They've got them two times in the last six games, and then the Lions. You know they're they're hanging around, Gary. They're four and five. Um, <laughs> you're, you're you're keeping the faith. Huh? <laughs> I, I I'm not keeping a lot of faith. I <laughs> I've said from the start of the year, it's 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 probably a six to eight win team, which. Yeah, you know, in the history yeah. of that franchise, that that just means that at the end of the year, they fire everybody and they start from scratch again, and 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 they do the they do the same nonsense over and over, Gary. Um, well, at, at some point, these organizations like the Lions just need to ride it out with a head coach for five, six years, and try to get some consistency and continuity to win football games instead of every three years tearing it all down and starting all over. You you would think they'd learn their lesson that that organizations like Pittsburgh that stay with coaches for 20 years, you know, that that's the method that that's the approach to getting it done. Even green Bay with McCarthy, you know, for 13 or 14 years was, was terrific strategy. I think in terms of keeping consistency and continuity going, but uh, the, you know, my guess is Patricia's gone when the year's over and, and they start all over again and they're back to the bottom of the <laughs> NFC North Gary. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they were smart, you know what I'd do if I was the GM of, of, of the lions, 
I would tank, you know, how they do that in the NBA. You know, they intentionally lose games down the stretch. Oh, yeah. If I was Lions, I tank. I, maybe it's, it's even too late and try to get one of the great quarterbacks in the draft that are coming out. There's going to be at least two, maybe three really big time quarterbacks. And then I trace Stafford and I'm sure there'd be several teams that would be interested in Stafford yet. So, uh, but, but you're right. I mean, the uh, owner of the Lions said before the start of the season that, uh, you know, Patricia's job is on the line, you know, that they have to win. Uh, I just don't even see them being a 500 team. But uh, and, if and they're that, not. And, and Gary, to me, this 2020 draft was the perfect one for the Lions to go ahead and do exactly what you just outlined there. I, weren't they picking three when they took Akuda, yes, the corner, mm-hmm. the corner out of Ohio State, and then and then Tua goes five and Herbert goes six. Um, both of those guys are playing really well. Joe Burrow's playing great. Who was the first pick? So there were three quarterbacks this year taken in the top six. The mm-hmm. Lions, of course, went for a corner instead. Um, let's just say Gary, they had taken Justin Herbert and moved on from Stafford and heck you, you don't think a team like the Colts who are built to win would uh, love Matt Stafford right now. Um, you know, the 49ers it, it, would love to have Matt Stafford. I would think next year, instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, some of these teams that are absolutely built to win and just, just need an, a, a solid upgraded quarterback to go from a C plus to a B plus, And all of a sudden you go from nine wins to 11 or 12 Stafford could do that for a couple of these teams. I think, I think the lions missed the boat Gary. They, they should have done it this year drafted mm-hmm. Tua or Herbert and moved on from Stafford and, and they clearly didn't do that. And um, now they're going to win too many games. I think Gary, they're, they're going to end up seven and nine, which is <laughs> exactly pick or whatever. And what are you getting then down at 13, right? You're getting a tight end or a wide receiver or a corner again, but yeah. not a great quarterback. And, and your strategy there makes perfect sense. They it's, it, it's just something they should have done in 2020. All righty. I'll tell you what, we missed our callings, Rob. We should have been GMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, hey, uh, to uh, wrap up our uh, wonderful podcast today, I, I just wanted to uh, have a parting shot. And uh, if there's anything you want to say, uh, you know, about the Packers, about the NFL, anything goes. And my, my parting shot is uh, kudos to the Green Bay Packers offensive line. I mean, they, they have really done a good job under, you know, trying circumstances. They have guys playing at different positions and so forth. But you know what? Aaron Rodgers has only been sacked 10 times, uh, which I find absolutely remarkable. Do you know how many times Wentz has been sacked in Philadelphia, Rob? I, I'm putting you on the spot here, but this, this is unbelievable. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's been sacked more than anybody, right, Gary? He, he's got the uh, distinction of being the number one quarterback to be sacked. And then you wonder why these gonna, guys get paid. Go, I'm going to go with 32. Wow. That is why you are the man. 30, 35. 35 wow. times, wow. okay? Wow. Now, we were talking about Joe Burrow before. Welcome to the NFL. He's been sacked 32 times, okay? Oh. How about Daniel Jones? 30 times. And our guy, Russell Wilson, 30 times. Oh, I mean, Rogers has been sacked 10 times. I mean, what, to me, what a, what a tribute to the offensive line. And you, you have to give, you know, Rogers credits too, because he's got such good uh, pocket presence, but hats off to that uh, offensive line. 
And Gary, just think about it for a second. They lost their second best offensive lineman from last year in Brian Bulaga. Lane Taylor had a terrific camp, was going to be the right guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost lost him to a pre into an injury before the season started. Bakhtiari's been out a few weeks. Billy Turner missed time early in the year. Um, they've had they've had moving parts and pieces along the way at that offensive line. Their their old line coach Adam Stenovich has done a terrific job. And 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 I do come back to your earlier point. There is Bakhtiari worth four years, ninety two million dollars when you're coached well. And, and you have enough pieces where you can move some guys around and look to the future and say, you know what, Elton Jenkins might be a, a, a top 12 tackle, a, a top 12 left tackle. He might not be number one, Gary, like Bakhtiari is going to be, mm-hmm. but, but you can absolutely play winning football, right, with Elton Jenkins out there. Billy Turner is going to be, you know, a middle of the road left tackle. Can you win games? Absolutely, as long as Aaron Rodgers gets rid of the ball. Um, so, no, I, I, I love your parting shot there. It's also a credit to Rodgers who's getting mm-hmm. rid of the ball quicker. He's kind of playing on rhythm more this year than instead of holding the ball and running around forever, like he has in, in the past years, as some of these young guys that you just outlined there, Jones and Burrow and Wentz, I mean, they're, they're paying the price for probably holding the ball a little bit too long and then having extremely mediocre to lousy offensive lines. So how, how um, many bottles of Advil do you think they go through a season? Oh my <laughs> Lord. And probably a lot more than Advil, Gary. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, so right, you, uh, you got a parting shot? So I, I, I will go with a parting shot. And I touched on a little bit earlier. Um, in, in fact, I, because I did, I'm going to shift gears real quick, Gary. Here, here's my, here's my parting shot. I'm going to change it where I was going. Okay. It, it's now or never for the Green Bay Packers in this Aaron Rodgers era, and and they need to take full advantage of, of an unbelievably favorable schedule down the stretch. Um, some breaks inside the conference that have taken Drew Brees away now for probably a month uh, from the New Orleans Saints, from the fact the Packers have been pretty healthy across the board, have started stronger than, than we thought to be sitting at seven and two. Um, the 2021 season, Gary, is going to be a tricky one in Green Bay from a salary cap standpoint, and, and they have they're going to look dramatically different a year from now than they look right now. They're going to have six, seven, eight new starters mm-hmm. out there than they have right now. And I, I don't think all the fans always realize that the numbers that, that kind of are behind the scenes here, but, but a guy like Preston Smith probably won't be on the football team. Aaron Jones probably won't be on the football team. Wait, 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 wait a second. You're saying Aaron Jones probably won't be on the team. Gary, as I kind of touched on earlier after that Bakhtiari signing, there's, I mean, as they fill out their top 51 for next year, Gary, they're already 16 million over the cap. Hey, if you can find $5 million under the couch cushions to, to get Aaron Jones signed, I mean, Aaron Jones's market value right now, it, it, you know, according to, to a lot of prognosticators is about $13 million a season. Oh, um, and somebody's going to give him that gear. No, I mean, no question. The no Dolphins question. don't have a running back, right? The Dolphins are a team on the rise. The Bills don't have a running back. Some of these teams, Gary, that are going to win 9, 10, 11 games this year, they're going to look at Aaron Jones and say, he's our one missing piece. And guess what? We have $12 million. Let's give it to Aaron. Green Bay doesn't have any money left, Gary. It went to Kenny Clark and now to Bakhtiari. And I know they can get clever. And, and I, I guess they can always cut four or five extra guys to get Aaron Jones done and get him in Gary. So it's, so it's certainly not impossible, but to bring back now a guy like Aaron Jones means you're going to sacrifice somebody else on the football team to get it done. Mm -hmm. So here's where I'm going with that. This is probably going to be the best Packer team you see for the next 
the next two or three years. They're not going to be as good next year after they have to make cuts to get under the cap. Rob, I, you just put Packer Nation in a state of depression. <laughs> I know. You know <laughs> by 2022, Gary, in all likelihood, we're seeing Jordan Love. Um, just that that's what that's the way all the financials kind of line up in terms of how these deals kick in. Mm-hmm. So my point is, it, these Packers have an unbelievable opportunity that that's been presented them in the NFC. They've earned it. I mean, they're, they're sitting at seven and two and that that's better than I think a lot of people thought, but um, the schedule is remarkably favorable Four out of the final six at home. I think the second best team in the conference, or maybe the best team is, is new Orleans, the team you're fighting with. And now they don't have their quarterback. Uh, so that, so that's a huge break. Um, the teams in the NFC West, like we talked about, are going to beat the nonsense out of each other. So the opportunity, Gary, is clearly there for these Packers to close strong, earn the number one seed, and go back to a second Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And if they don't do it, Gary, um, I, I, again, unfortunately for Packer Nation, they may not have a chance again for a little while. Rob, fantastic stuff. Like I said, you probably put Packer Nation in a bad, bad place right now. But, Gary, I, but, him, I, Gary, I was trying to put him in a happy place, though. I, Everything I, lines up for them here in the next two months. There you go. To run down to Tampa. And, so, and Gary, it, it, they honestly really should. They're a really good football team. They're not a great football team. But in, in 2020, when the power is on the side of the AFC, You've only got to be really good, I think, to win the NFC. And Green Bay is perfectly positioned right now to do that. You're the man. As I said, good stuff and uh, very, very insightful stuff. I mean, I learned a lot again, and that's why I love doing this podcast. You know, it's like one of the highlights of my week, Rob. <laughs> Just, Gary, Gary, I got to find you better hobbies and outlets. <laughs> And more things to do than if, if, if our hour together is a highlight of your week. But I do appreciate it. You know what? You can only rake leaves so often. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you, you, You've earned that job, though, from, from 40 years of, of Hall of Fame writing. Now, now that you're retired. Oh, here we go. That, now it's definitely time to go. <laughs> so, so, Rob, uh, again, thanks a lot. It was a real pleasure. And uh, thanks to all the listeners uh, for Uh, listen to us today. Take care and see you next time. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Whipple and Whipple'sPressBox.com.